can you say about a sound like that? Well, it pretty much speaks for itself. It says, ew, crows. Welcome to Resound, a brand new show from the Third Coast Festival on Chicago Public Radio. I'm Gwen Maxi. So last week we told you that Resound is a showcase of audio documentaries from around the world. Guess what? Still is. We curate, you enjoy. Tonight, we're not traveling too far geographically, but to the ends of the earth existentially. High school. Now that's a trip. I promise it'll be less painful than the first time. Also, we'll hear sound design from hell, as if high school wasn't scary enough, which gives you an insider's guide to making a scary movie even more terrifying. All that and an explanation of this. So come, take a seat, take a break, take a listen. So if you missed last week's debut, let's refresh. ReSound is a brand new show from the Third Coast Festival on Chicago Public Radio. Each week, we travel through the landscape of audio documentaries, finding work from our colleagues here and abroad, the web, other shows in other cities, and we bring you the best and most interesting, neatly packaged in a one-hour show on Sunday nights. Tonight, we're starting with a piece called High School from Antenna Theater Productions out of San Francisco. Produced in 2002, it's an audio tour of Tamil Pius Regional High School in Mill Valley, California. The piece was made to be listened to on a Walkman while wandering through the halls, but you certainly don't have to be in the high school to enjoy the listening experience. After hearing it, we'll spend a minute with the producer finding out how the whole project came together. A word of warning here, there is mature language sprinkled throughout the piece that may be inappropriate for younger sensitive listeners. It is high school after all. Good morning. I am a parent here at Tam High School. I'm here this morning to really show you Tam High School and to be of service to all of you. High school's what you make of it. High school's how you put yourself out there, how you choose to make it. Some people's high school experience at Tam is completely different from other people's high school experience at Tam. High school's what you make of it. Okay, so here's the student center. So for those of you who may have students who say, well, we, don't, we can't eat at school. Well, they can really eat at school. This is, I guess, the cafeteria, but it's not really the cafeteria in the traditional sense that you get a tray and then you sit down. I barely ever eat here anymore because I realized the food is crap and decided to stop coming here. I guess the cinnamon rolls are really popular here. And, and healthy things like french fries, too. Their, their fries kind of taste like fish. You should see this during school. I mean, it looks like it might be orderly, but no, it's just a mass of people and all pushing for it. I mean, you can tell how many friends someone has by the position in the line. I mean, the people who don't have, who don't know anyone are the very back. <laughs> it's so, so much cutting, which, you know. Now turn to your right and you see the double doors. Walk out the double doors and turn towards your left. And that's the um, teacher's, whoa, hey. Teacher's Lounge is open. We must take advantage of this. I don't think I've ever actually stepped inside. (laughs) 
Chichester's Lounge with a direct access to the snack bar. They get priority over the food. They have a little um, counter there in the back of the thing, so they don't have to wait in line or anything, which is nice. Got their microwave. That's where they control the world. Yeah. <laughs> My friends and I always like to kind of just like hassle everybody. So basically we like knock on the door and then like somebody comes up like, yeah. And we're like, we want to come in because we smell food, it smells good. Yeah. And they're like, uh, no. Well, they close the door. No. Knock on it. Yeah. Um, seriously, we're hungry. And they're like, no, 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 like, this is teacher's lounge, guys. No, no, no. Basically, that went on for about 15 minutes, and so they're like, no, seriously, it's not even funny anymore. So we left, because it really wasn't that funny in the first place. Hella funny. All right, let's exit this room and walk back in the direction you just came from, and watch your step on those stairs. Communication with my friends is really weird. What's up? Hey, bitch. Hey. Hey, what's up? I'll be like, hey. Hey. What's up, man? Hey. Not much. There's some definite greeting patterns. What you do is you basically come up to someone and say, hey. Hey. Other person says, hey. Then you say, what's up? What's up? And the other person will always say, not much. Not much. Nothing is ever happening. You never say anything before you say not much. You'll just be like, hey, bitch, or something. I, I don't know. It's just that's how you greet a lot of people. Every time we see each other, we're like, hey, fucker. And then he's like, yeah, fuck you too. <laughs> and we just kind of swear at each other for like five minutes, and then we give each other a hug. And I'm like, what's up? Not much. One phrase you definitely would have to know to be able to communicate with my friends is, dude, that's hella, and then just put any adjective after that. Hella scary, hella whack, hella funny, hella freaky ass. Dude, that shit's the bomb diggity. Um, bomb diggity has definitely become one of my favorite phrases, although I don't use it quite as much as I would like to. It's the bomb diggity. So let's enter the science building. Hey, look at that chart on the wall. It's the Tam High Classroom Expectations. You'll see this posted throughout the campus. Use appropriate language, no profanity, put down slurs or sexist remarks. Food or drink outside class only. Walkman. Outside class only. What? No Walkman? And look at you. You're wearing a Walkman. Better hope you don't get busted. So now let's go up these stairs, up to the second floor of the science building. We're gonna enter the open classroom at the top of the stairs. Yeah, it's the one with Albert Einstein sticking his tongue out at you. Once you're inside, just slowly walk around the room. Oh, the physics room. Well, I sit in the back, and uh, the walls are covered with paintings. You see around you the pieces of art that kids have done from each year. There's something new. There's a picture of Einstein on one of the doors, uh, a painting done by a student, and it looks exactly like a photo, and I'm just amazed by it. There are, like, couches in there, and um, we were all studying for a test we had the next day, and... We were sitting there like, oh, what's the answer to this? And we're like, it's written up on the wall. And so we all look up on the wall and we're like, shh, don't tell the teacher. Maybe he doesn't know that, that the answer's up there. You've got pictures of Einstein all over the place. Coach and Carl Sagan. People's and faces staring at you, these geniuses from Germany and all over the place. 
And if you turn off the lights, turn off the lights, the things glow in the dark. The eyes of some scientists glow, and it's just kind of a creepy, cool place. Science appreciates all the new things that we've come to learn. It just, it's great just to sit there. You know, if you get kind of bored with class, you can just look at the wall. It's just, it's incredible. So many stories that you can think about, you know, like who did these pictures? Who are these actual physicists? What's that formula mean? And what do you do with this total internal reflection? Refraction or reflection or mirrors. You know, it's, it's an interesting way of learning. It's got all sorts of toys, like a, a Jacob's Ladder, you know, two wires with a lot of voltage running in between them, and this bar kind of jumps across and travels up, and you can play around with that, or you can play around with some of the instruments and projects. I would love to contribute to the mural, just to sort of like put my mark on the school, you know, like, yes, I painted that. And there's not a lot of space on the walls anymore, so maybe I could talk them into going onto the ceiling. The heavens above. That would be fun. And then there's like all the rockets in the back of the room, and that's, that's like, yay, the reason why I did physics, so I could make rockets. It just reminds you that these are the people that created this amazing, this amazing science that have put in the laws to the way the universe works. And they're just reminding you that the, of what science is really doing and, and what they wanted to accomplish. I think that the future is... I think that the future is pretty much going downhill because the more and more we industrialize, the less there's going to be for the future generations. This is the mural of, uh, I don't know, the disintegration of man. I don't, I don't know what it's actually called. It has a formal name, but it's going from nature to fuck up in this, fuck up in this. On the left, you can see this nice flowing stream with the happy animals and the two turtles mating. And then you see the monkey on all fours and slowly he becomes erect into the businessman going off to work at the conglomo burning nuclear factory. Burning nuclear burning factory. Nuclear factory. Conglomo. 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 Kind of scary. Will this impact my future? I don't know. Scary? Yeah, I don't want to know. Llama, llama, llama. Like scares me. Kind of scary. Llama, 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 llama. Will this impact my future? 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 But I feel like science appreciates all the new things that we've come to learn. So I feel like it's a little bit contradicting what we're taught in science. It kind of portrays it as if we've evolved to something negative. Llama, llama, llama. Hella scary. So, uh, let's turn around. Go up to your left here. We'll walk up that path. Hey. What's up, man? Hey. Hey, what's up? Eye contact is the big thing. Eye contact. If you're walking by and you see somebody, you know, you make eye contact. Hey. Hey. You just walk right past each other. I would never feel comfortable just, like, walking up to some senior going, so, like, hey, yeah, you know, so, so what's up? They'd probably just, like, stare at me or something. Because they might be like, wait, who are you again? But if they want to do it first, then fine. You know, I'm just not going to put myself out there. 
I have a lot of fear of social rejection, so I don't really say hey unless some, I've made eye contact with someone and it's clear that they're going to say it back because sometimes people like wave and I'll like wave back and realize they're waving to someone else and be like, oh my god. Yeah, it's terrible. Now let's move on. Uh, high school's been, so far, definitely not what I expected. I was kind of like screwing up in school before that. I feel pressure from my father because he's pissed off at me because I don't do my homework. If I really like a class, I'll, you know, get a 98.9 in that class. I, but then if I don't like the class, it's like I won't do any homework. But it doesn't matter because um, I can still convince myself at the end of the day that I am brilliant. And everyone kept telling me, like, that's not going to go over in high school and you have to act serious. There's a lot of competition. If you're getting like a 4.3 here, you can be like the, you know, the 10th person in your class. It's not anything impressive because a lot of people have it. Then you start worrying about your SATs and then you start stressing about how you're not going to get into the college you want to go to. And then you start stressing about, college. well, not only am I not going to get into the college I don't want to go to, but my parents are going to kill me because I didn't get into the college I want to go to. Pressure, pressure, it's like a ball that like keeps on rolling down and building and building because like, building. there's your pressure and then there's school pressure and then there's your parents' pressure and your friends and like there's so much and it just keeps building and you want to go crazy. There's been a big issue with like coffee pills and stuff, especially like last year, and like amphetamines, you know, you can do your homework at three in the morning or something. If I don't get straight A's, I don't get to go out ever. Like I'd go home and like have like a heart attack every day. A lot of people will feel so much pressure from like being picked on. Oh, you know, like she has like a pimple on her, oh, like on her nose or something. And a lot of people would be a lot happier if we didn't have like someone being trying to be like cooler than someone else and being like, you're such a fag or like, hey, look at you, you're, you're so, so fat. fat or like, oh, you're your hair looks weird, you know. And like, like everyone laughs about it, and you're like, you kind of feel close to the group now. I don't know. It's really lame. Even I see myself doing it, and it just like feels like, oh my god, like you know, like I have the mentality of like a ten-year-old. Hey, f-ker. F-ker you too. She has like a percentage of fat. You're so fat. Nigger. Even if the connotation that you're using it in isn't spiteful or hateful or mean in your own mind, fag. It might be picked up by somebody that it is. If I hear the word fag one more time, I'm just gonna get up and start screaming. People say it without thinking. Oh, I need to make fun of someone. Like everybody's open here and everybody's just nice and you know it's cool here, but you wouldn't really expect that to happen here. It it really hurts. Really hurts. There's a reason why roofs should not be flat. Go walk under the roof. This is called the roof by some, by most, known as, well, the entire area is known as the roof. It's just this roof in the middle of nowhere. The only bad part about it is when it rains. The awning serves no purpose at all because it just leaks right through. There's like, there's a reason why roofs should not be flat. And, because that's basically, it's just like, you're walking under and you're like, okay, I gotta find the right spot where it's not dripping. You know, there's like a thing going around and you're like, eh, 
and you'd think that the awning would protect you, but no, you'd be wrong. So let's keep moving and watch your step on those stairs. I'm so glad I'm leaving. I hated it. I won't remember any of you. Like you, I won't remember you. It'll be great. And you, I won't remember you either. It'll be great. I'm gonna love it. I'm gonna forget everything here. Okay, so how do you feel right now? I'm glad. Why? Because I won't remember you. Hey, what is that over there? Is that a tombstone? It's not a tombstone, it's just um, a m memorial garden. I've never noticed that in all of my years here. I don't know who Pearl Smith is or why there's a memorial for her. The Pearl Smith Memorial Garden is rather sad looking. I wouldn't want it to be a garden in memorial of me. The uh, grass, if you would call it grass, is a little dead. Maybe someday when I'm really bored, I'll bring her flowers. So let's continue down these stairs. Be careful as you walk down. On your right, you will notice the blue junior bench. Or like, you know, the cool juniors will hang out. And as you continue to walk, you're going to come upon the senior bench. That's where like the seniors are supposed to hang out, you know, at breaks and stuff. That's a big thing, you know, benches are really important. Have a seat on this so-called senior bench. See how it feels to rule the school. A very big part of, of the high school social life is, is flirting. And, and there are many guys that I know of who, they don't really feel comfortable with going out and saying, you know, hey, I like you, you want to go out. I'm really, like, naive when it comes to guys liking me, so I wouldn't know if guys have. <laughs> or, you know, they're more like, you know, I'll just wear her down and, and I'll, like, do things like lend her money when she needs money and then she'll get it because I like her because obviously I'm lending her money all the time and so, of course, she'll want to go out with me. And you build this little thing in your head over and because of that, you have to stay with them. You have to be with them every single lunch because lunchtime, especially if you are trying to get to the point where you see them on weekends and you're not yet at that point and you're taking this gradual step that you have to be with them during lunch because you don't feel comfortable about calling them for four years and then finally once you've graduated, tell her that you were interested in her all the time. It's really sad. A lot of my high school experience has been feeling very lonely and like no one cares about each other. You're the type of person who is just, is invisible. You know, high school can suck. High school can be awful. Just crowds, there's just so many crowds here, you can just get lost in the crowds. <laughs> Take a step into this alleyway. Oh, this place. Let's check it out, shall we? It's something to stare at, and it's definitely one of the weirder things at Tam because it's sort of hidden, 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 hidden. There's a monkey, the man. Beatles. Marilyn Monroe. You can see there's a heart, 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 and it says, "Love the art within yourself." It says. 
Love the art within yourself. Everyone's an artist. In one sense or another. Now turn around and come out of the alley and take a left. I like under the big tree out on the big lawn out there because it's where all my friends hang out now and we eat our lunch and talk and then we usually just fall asleep in the sun. I hang out there too because it's sunny on the grass but then it's shady under the trees. <laughs> and you can see everyone on the grass and just basically everyone in front of the school. It's the perfect spot to watch everyone and no one knows you're watching. Sometimes people will join me and we'll pick some random kid to just watch and comment on. We actually did that last week and then he came to um, Youth Activists Against Homophobia because he had some questions for us for one of his projects and we were like, oh, it's that kid, that kid. <laughs> You know, you can watch them like you're watching like fish in a fishbowl or something, and they're all congregating and all like the really funny thing is when the bell rings. Like if you didn't hear the bell and you just saw them all scatter, it was <laughs> really weird. How, how you know that's in ground into their their social you know activity. Like oh, bell ring, I have to go. This is Wood Hall. It's the original building. Wood Hall houses the administrative offices, the principal's office, and our two assistant principals. Take a couple steps and go inside. Here, I want to show you something. Okay, bend down, grab the, the corner of that mat right there. Look underneath it. What do you see? What is that? What is that? What do you see? What the heck is that? What the heck is that? Is that the school insignia? The school insignia? The school insignia? Why would they put the school insignia underneath the rubber mat? Okay, now put the map back down. Make sure it's nice and straight. We don't want to see any T's poking out. Now let's move on to the hallway on our left. And you will see the vice principal's office. I've been sent to the vice principal's office one time because I was almost beating the crap out of and I had to go there. One time, because I was trying to spend my tutorial time in the sunshine instead of in the room, which, you know, yeah, okay, I was ditching. I admit I was in trouble. And then the third time, because I was wearing a shirt that said, um, it had stick figures, you know, see dick with an erection, see dick with no protection, see dick with an infection, don't be a dick. I, I love that shirt. I wear that, you know, whenever I'm feeling kind of like, you know, f you, teacher, kind of a day. And, um, and because I know that they're going to get pissed off. So they got pissed off and I got sent to the, in the vice principal's office again. Now turn back to the main hallway and walk to your left. There's the nurse's office. And up here's the girl's bathroom. Most of the campus security are guys and they can't get into the girl's bathroom, you know. Let's go inside. A really big place for girls hanging out is the girls' bathroom. If I go into the bathroom, there's like always like 200 girls crowded around putting on like lip gloss and gossiping and it's, it's a big place for some people. Nobody's gonna come in there and bother you. Most of the campus security are guys and they can't get into the girls' bathroom, you know. Campus security can't get into the girls' bathroom. Can't get into the girls' bathroom, you know. But no one's gonna bother you in there. She like, 
I'm in the bathroom, you know. <laughs> I can't go to class, I'm in the bathroom. Now we will leave in there with 50 of your friends. Well, we're in the bathroom, go away. <laughs> Camp security can't get into the girls' bathroom, you know. And so when the guys try to go to the bathroom together, all the, like, the teachers make fun of them and like, guys don't go to the bathroom together, girls do. <laughs> there is no guy bathroom culture. I know no guys all who are like, hey, let's go chill in the bathroom, guys. Unless they want to go get stoned or something. I feel really eyelash aware. I have eyelash awareness today. I'm supposed to go to my locker room. Where's that? I really Yeah, I have to call my mom now. Because it'll, it'll, by the time I'm over, I can't get into the girls' bathroom. You know. get into the girls' bathroom, you know. So now let's leave the bathroom and walk straight across the hallway to the attendant window. Yeah, I tried to walk up once and like ask about my absences. And she just started asking me all these questions. She's all like, well, you know what? Why don't you just have your mom call? And she like gave me this card. Just have your mom call it. And I, I got really scared of her. I was just like, okay. <laughs> just that little freshman. We always go up and we're like, okay, we'd like to order this and you know, all that stuff. Because it does really look like a fast food window. And then she's like, very funny guys. Very funny guys. Very funny guys. Now take a left and continue going up the stairs. What are we supposed, are we supposed to, do? to do? They give us too many books and too much homework and stuff to carry. You're going to get a they test on chapter 7. You have to read chapter 7 eight times. And then we're going to listen to chapter 7 after you read chapter 7. And then we're going to reread chapter 7. What are we supposed to do? Freshman year, I actually tried to have a locker and I like worked at having a locker for a week. I'm like, I'm going to go to my locker now and put my heavy books in there so I don't have to carry them around. But then I just got too lazy and it was easier to carry the heavy books around than actually like go find my stupid locker and remember the combination and put the books in there. So I completely ruined my back the first like section of freshman year because I would carry all of my books to school and then carry them all home every day. So I completely ruined my back. What are we supposed to do? What are we supposed to do? Oh, you know, you're ruining your backs by carrying all these books. Buy a wheelie backpack. Buy a wheelie backpack. The wheelie backpack. The wheelie backpack. It's a, it's a backpack with wheels and then like a little handle. You know like you see people in the airport? Yeah, they want us to have those all the time. They want us to walk up and down all these stairs here with the little wheelie backpacks going clunk, 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 you know, clunk, clunk, The entire clunk, campus you know, is clunk, stairs. Clunk, clunk, you know. People get heckled clunk, a lot clunk, for having them. Clunk, what are we clunk, supposed clunk, to do? You know, like, clunk, every time clunk, I see like you know, a girl like clunk, going by, clunk, I'm like, hey, clunk, the airport's you know. that way. What are we supposed to do? They're like, oh, thanks. Good one. Chapter seven. You have to read chapter seven eight times. What are we supposed to do? After you read chapter seven, then we're gonna read chapter seven. What are we So let's leave Wood Hall and head down to the center of the garden. This is Orange Court. I'd have to say my favorite place on campus is Orange Court, especially in the springtime. I really like Orange Court. That's where I spent most of my freshman lunches and breaks and stuff was there, eating oranges. There's the fountain and the roses, and then there's the little concrete bench-like things, and it's usually sunny there, even if it's kind of foggy on other parts of the campus. 
it's kind of nice to just have some plants and stuff. A lot of schools don't have as much nice greenery as we do. There's an actual fish pond. I remember walking on the fish pond and just walking on the circle, the little pavement above it, and I actually fell right into it. And it's a relief. It's a relief from the constant pressures of high school. It's a relief. I had a really young, good teacher. Good, good teacher. 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 He was trying to teach us that there are more than one side to every story. Just to learn about different cultures from their perspective, not from our perspective. After his classes, I would always go to my friends and say, Did you guys know this? Did you guys know this? So, I found a frisbee. A fabulous frisbee. A frisbee of dreams. Frisbee of dreams. Dream. The frisbee of ultimate joy. Joy, 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 joy. So I picked it up, 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 picked it up. I just started, just started, just started. Drawing it, drawing it, drawing it to people, to people, to people, to people, to people. Now let's move on. There's definitely cliques here, for sure. And there's definitely places where the certain cliques hang out, and I think a lot of that's dictated by what class you're in, like freshman, sophomore, junior, senior. And a lot of it's dictated by, like, your social label. You watch it from such an objective standpoint, and they're all congregating and all like, you know, fake fighting. And there's so much like aggression and whatever. And you know, you see these little knots of people, you know, over here. Oh, these are the people who dress in Dickies pants, and these are the people who dye their hair a lot. Here are the cheerleaders. They always hang out together, you know. Hi, I'm a jock. Here are the nerds. Like goth or whatever. Here are the bad kids. A party girl, or like I'm an intellectual, or whatever. A lot of times in high school, people aren't comfortable enough to float around with themselves, with their position, and so it's much easier to stay in your little clique because that's safety. Because that's safety. 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 I stick to this group of people because I find them comforting, because they don't scare me. And honestly, a lot of people on campus scare me. Cheerleaders. The nerds. Bad kids. Intellectual. The nerds, the bad kids. They scare me. Hey, you know, think I just started throwing it, throwing it to people. The frisbee of ultimate joy. They would all say the same thing. Oh no, I suck at frisbee. It's, it's gonna suck. And I would throw it to them. Oh no, I suck it. And then they, you know, catch it. And then they throw it back. And oh, fabulous, you know. Like, a lot of Mill Valley people have um, preconceived notions about what Bellinas and Cincy people are all about. They think that it's all pod and hippies, and we think that Mill Valley people are all cell phones and SUVs. Hey, you know, think fast. Through the Frisbee then. No, no, I suck at Frisbee. And everyone who received the Frisbee was happy. There is just as much weed in Mill Valley now as there is in Blinas because it's all moved over here. There's just as much out here now, and there are just as many parties out here as there are. Yeah. 
A lot of my friends, they haven't had any sexual experiences at all. And then I know a lot of other people who've had a vast amount. And it's interesting to see the lines that are drawn between those two types of people. Hey, you know, think fast. Through the Frisbee then. And everyone, 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 everyone was happy. Was happy everyone truly received the frisbee was happy. Through the frisbee, then was happy. Received the frisbee was happy. Was happy. They would all say the same thing. Oh no, I suck at frisbee. It's gonna suck. And through the frisbee, then party arrow. Through the frisbee, then everyone received the frisbee was happy. Here's the music hall, where the band plays. They call us the band box. So this is the this is going to be the graduation orchestra practicing. So you get to see them in action. Okay. One, two, ready? We get to hear the shit though because they were just rehearsing. I mean, during drama, we just get to hear when they're like first starting out on a song, so you're like, God, this sucks. But then, you know, they polish it up and they actually did pretty good. Yeah, well, I got up at 6.30, went to school, and I went home. And I did that for four years straight. Well, it was four years of blur, basically. Um, you know, they polish it up and they actually did pretty good. All right, so let's go around to the back of the building. This is Mead Theater. I really like empty Mead Theater. When it's empty, you just like lay on the steps or something, and just if I have my music and no one's there, it's so great. It's like when we have rallies and things, it looks completely like this huge mass of people. rallies like creates class distinction and not only class distinction of like you know older and younger but also class distinction of like who's cool who's not who's rich who's not who's talented who's not very barbaric and animalistic at, at many different points in the rally. And the seniors were like, yeah, we rule. And then, you know, and it's now that the younger guys are the, are the weak guys, the fresh blood. Someone threw a stink bomb and it was like smelly and it was like, yeah, that smells really bad. It makes me sad. I don't know. I'm having a hard time articulating it. I think that um, so this is graduation. Now stand up and walk to the center stage of the theater. For me personally, I think that if we could maybe break down those social barriers and realize like, that we all 
fundamentally are the same and being human beings and value each other's like thought processes and ideas more and instead of like being afraid of our differences but embracing those differences that we could have a more fulfilling experience as a whole. Jeffrey from the left side of your cap to the right side. This represents the closing of this chapter of your life and the commencement of another. I present to you the Tamil Pius High School graduating class of 2002. Um, and so my challenge to Tam and to high schoolers is break free. Everyone should have the power and the confidence to break out of their self-consciousness and those barriers dictated to them by their peers, society, whoever else, and get in touch with what really makes them feel alive. Break free. oh no, I suck at Frisbee, it's, it's gonna suck, and I would throw it to them and then they'd, you know, catch it, and then they'd throw it back and it'd be fabulous, you know? Everyone should have the power and the confidence to break out of those barriers dictated to them. Most of them were just excellent at throwing a Frisbee, didn't know what they were talking about. And it got run over by a bus, the front wheel and the back wheel. And I took it home, I molded it back together, brought it, flew fine, threw it in the road again, and got run over by a van. This thing got run over like three times by three different vehicles. Everyone should have the power and the confidence. And that was the Frisbee of Ultimate Joy, and it lives on, and, and it is still flying around, still making people happy. Thank you for attending high school. High School, produced by Antenna Theatre Productions. David Torgerson is one of the co-writers and producers of the piece, which begs the question, what was there to write? It all sounded so natural. I had to talk to the producers and find out. David Torgerson, that piece was bomb diggity. Clear this up for me. How was it conceived and how was it constructed? The script was 100% the words of students of Tamil Pilots High School in Mill Valley. We did a series of interviews with the students from that school and asked them questions about uh, themselves, their school, and what it's like to be a student. 
we recorded about 18 hours worth of interviews and they gave us all these answers and from that we whittled 18 hours down into a 40-minute script but there's a whole other part of this project that was the performance part of it one half of the show was the soundtrack but the other part was the uh, the actors and the performance involved. And describe that for us, because obviously we can only hear the audio. We're not walking through the school. How does that experience differ from just listening to it in your living room? Well, this is the type of theater where you're on your feet. It's not the type of theater where you're sitting in a seat, very safe and comfortable, and looking at a stage. Uh, you're made to participate. And so at the beginning of the show, uh, this show started in the student union, the cafeteria. And at the beginning of the show, you, we put the Walkman headphones on your head, we press play, the soundtrack starts, and you start walking. And you follow a set path through the entire campus of the school, uh, in and out of buildings, in and out of classrooms, uh, bathrooms. And as you journey through the school, you come across students performing vignettes that are in sync with the tape. The students don't say anything because all the dialogue is on your headphones, but they're acting in a sort of pantomime, uh, a scene that is relevant to what you're listening to at the moment. And when the tape comes to an end, the show comes to an end. Wow. And who was coming through? Was it community members, parents, teachers, people involved in school, people not, everybody? All of the above. And what was the response? It was interesting. From when high school students went through, they were actually the most critical of the piece because they would say things like, oh, it's not that way. It's like this. Or, you know, oh, I would never say that. Or I would never do that. I've never heard this. Or they would concur and say, oh, it's exactly like that. The sound design of this piece, I mean, there are so many sound elements that come in and out. How was it conceived in terms of sound. One of the trademarks for Antenna Theater Productions are very dense sound designs and soundscapes and multi-layers of voices and trying to have sometimes orchestrated chaos on the tape just to make a point. Much of the sound that was heard on the tape was recorded at the school, but with keeping uh, either music or just students babbling in the background or just this dense collage, it sometimes helps just reinforce the overall point. Did you watch any kids change in the process? I think working with the technology was very eye-opening for some children. Some of them were a little shocked at first, saying, did I say that? I didn't know you were actually recording. Of course, they knew we were recording, but they were just a little shocked from hearing themselves. I think uh, just that whole act of showing that adults can come in and do something very whimsical like this piece and have it pull off, I think was very encouraging for them. Not all adults are stuffy, so it's, uh, so it's really empowering the students to find their own creative voice and to find a new way of doing things, and it's very exciting. That was David Torgerson, one of the writers and producers of High School from Antenna Theater Productions in San Francisco. Antenna Theater is just beginning the same process at an inner-city high school in California and hopes to eventually take the high school project all over the country.
You're listening to Resound, a showcase of audio documentaries, all kinds of stories from around the world, curated by the Third Coast Festival. This is Chicago Public Radio, and I'm Gwen Maxi. Coming up, horror movies made more horrible. How? Through sound, of course. But first, a tune from the band Mice Parade, from their album Collaborations. By the way, since we here at the Third Coast love music so much, we're going to play a lot of it for you, all at once. A nice long stretch, so sit back and enjoy. We're doing it on purpose. makes a scary movie scary. Plot, lighting, suspense, sure. But these would basically scare you as much as Winnie the Pooh without a fantastically haunting soundtrack. Sound designer Steve Bodeker, who designed the movie From Hell, that's the movie called From Hell, not the movie From Hell, you get what I mean, talked to producer Jonathan Mitchell, who made this documentary called Sound Design From Hell. This first one is... I just called it Opium Den, and it's just one of the elements that we used in some of these nightmares and from hell. And so the idea is, okay, how can we sort of simulate the sound effect of just like going into this crazed opium haze? And I felt like it was like water seemed to be an overall theme of a lot of it. It was like, okay, let's get the feeling of like going underwater through sound. So start this guy. It's got a watery quality to it, but you don't hear specific bubbles or anything like that. And what, what is the sound? What is the, what is the actual sound? <laughs> oh God, I don't remember. <laughs> um, uh, this is one of those ones where it's this radically processed. Um, God, I I should have just written down what I was doing as I was doing it, but I just started going off playing around a bunch. <laughs> oh my God, that is so cool! Playing around and stuff and experimenting. You know, you start kind of goofing around with things, and uh, you sort of got to see where it's going to take you. <laughs> and so I kind of go Oh, man, that was totally cool. 
as a sound designer, you can be a composer that has an unlimited palette of sounds to use in your compositions. And there's this sort of no man's land in between music and sound effects that you can do all kinds of things. So uh, if you decide that at one point you need to have something be very intense and building and rhythmic, you can do that with anything. You can do that with a train building. You can do that with like low-end crashes that just build louder and louder and louder. Whatever you feel that you can sort of justify getting in there to help build that tension. Now this is, these are, um, I called opium whooshes, which are just used for transitions to get in and out of other sounds. Here's another one that I did that uh, talk about playing around. This is a recording of a bunch of little kids singing London Bridges Falling Down that I slowed way down and then I processed and modulated. And uh, definitely the idea wasn't to hear them singing London Bridges. I just thought it was kind of a funny little joke that it was made from little kids happily singing. But you put this in his dream and use little bits of it as sort of a texture. Um, it's just strange and creepy. There's a couple scenes that take place in a morgue and it's like, okay, how can we convey a feeling of just creepiness? It's not so much scary, just creepy. It's like, okay, we get sort of low wind and you just take some regular wind sounds and pitch them down and smooth them way out. And then stretch, stretch. add to that like some drips and things like that you get this pretty wet place. Another thing I added was just simple recordings of flies <laughs> which to me says dead bodies <laughs> and it's like yikes <laughs> there seems to be sort of two different types of scary. There's the type of scary where you as an audience member know what's going to happen and you're just waiting for it to happen and then there's the type of scary where you don't know what's going to happen, but you know it's going to be bad. Like the exorcist when um, the mom's creeping around in the hall and she hears the rats up in the attic. We have no idea what's going to happen, but it's just scary as hell. And I think a big part of that is like less is more, you know. You want to hear her light padding footsteps on the carpet and you want to hear the rats in the attic. And you want to hear the flicker of her candle. And not much more. You're almost leaning into the screen to hear. That's nice. Oh, Carl. Jesus Christ, Carl, don't do that. If you get to work on a scene that has they kind of have their act together as far as what emotion they're trying to convey. Um, it makes it really fun as a sound designer because you're already sort of where you want to be and you get a chance to sort of give people that extra nudge. Whereas the opposite is really difficult. If you don't feel like the scene is 
really working very well, but you know that they desperately want it to be scary or beautiful or funny, uh, it's, it's really hard. It's really hard. Because you really are working to support what you see. You know, sound is a really powerful thing, but it's the marriage of the sound and the visual that, that really does it. Sound Design from Hell, from producer Jonathan Mitchell. You're listening to Resound. I'm Gwen Maxi. Coming up... You're listening to Resound. I'm Gwen Maxi. This is the sound of someone who swears up and down. He's a quiet sleeper. Delusional? I should know. He's my father. So to prove him wrong and to preserve this insanely annoying sound for all of posterity, I made this recording in 1994. Then I shoved it in a drawer and forgot all about it. Now, fast forward a few months, Valentine's Day is coming up, and All Things Considered asked me to do a piece for them. The topic? Snoring. So, I interview sleep doctors, I interview couples whose relationships were in ruins because of snoring, I interview men and women who wore masks that forced air into their mouths to lessen their snoring, I became an expert on sleep apnea, I logged over 200 miles on my car, came down with a wicked cold, and tried to write a piece that was most definitely not coming together despite a fast-approaching deadline. So, as usual, instead of writing, I started complaining. Less productive, but ever so much more gratifying. And my producer friend said to me, I don't know what you are doing. You have everything you need right in your drawer. So I pulled out the tape of my father, and in a day or two, produced this piece. Here's an excerpt from Ode to Marriage. Has Dad always snored? Only when he sleeps. How long have you been married now? 41 years. And he's snored like this for how long? 41 years. Did you notice this on your honeymoon, or what? Yes. By then it was too late. There were times when I would confront him, and he either would deny that he snored or would say, what can I do? Mr. Maxey's office, this is Marie. May I help? Hi, Marie. It's Gwen. Is Dad there? Sure. Hold on. Thanks. Hello, Gwenny. Hi, Dad. How are you? Hi, sweetheart. How you doing? Okay. I want to play something for you over the phone since I'm at work, okay? Yeah. Okay, so just listen up. I'm listening. But is it five minutes, ten minutes? Oh, no, 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 much less than that. I have time. I just wanted to know how long I should be prepared to. Okay, hold on. Yeah. 
Who is that? Who is it? Yeah. What do you mean, who is it? You, you taped me? Yeah, that's you. No kidding. <laughs> this is what mom puts up with? No. <laughs> that's funny. Poor woman. All right, if you'll indulge me a little bit more, I just want to play one more minute from the end of the piece. And by the way, they're still married. Believe it or not. Is there an equivalent to snoring that you have to put up with from her? No, no, no. Yeah, we're constant bitching, but that's okay. I'm accustomed to it. I don't mind it. In fact, I miss it when nobody picks on me. Why do you think she puts up with you and your snoring? Well, I have no idea. I did a, I'm very rich, I'm very handsome, I'm very good in bed, or who knows? Who knows what attracts somebody to somebody else who tortures her with not being able to sleep night after night, right? Ode to Marriage by me. Gwen Maxi. You know, all I can say is go figure. Sleep, 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 go to sleep. Sleep, 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 go to sleep. Sleep, 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 go to sleep. Sleep, go to sleep. This Heat, from their album, Deceit. Resound is a production of Chicago Public Radio and the Third Coast International Audio Festival. The program is produced by myself, Gwen Maxi, and Katia Dunn, and curated by Johanna Zorn and Julie Shapiro of the Third Coast Festival. You can hear today's program at chicagopublicradio.org slash resound. While you're at it, you can also hear dozens of outstanding documentaries from around the world at thirdcoastfestival.org. Generous support for the Third Coast Festival is provided by the Richard H. Driehaus Foundation, the Sarah Lee Foundation, the Corporation for Public Broadcasting, and the National Endowment for the Arts. Music for Resound is provided by Reckless Records in Chicago. If you want to contact us, we'd love to hear from you. Email us at resound at chicagopublicradio.org. Resound returns next Sunday at 5 with more radio that you can't hear anywhere else unless you live everywhere else. Good night. You are now in a deep sleep.